So this morning, we're going to look at kind of our, some of the motivation of, of why missions and, and what is our motivation for, for even giving to missions financially and other, and other ways. And so this morning, we're going to look at scripture and then we're going to see that Christians are compelled to be a part of God's mission, right? We're compelled to be a part of it. I like the word compelled. Uh, if you look at Webster, um, it's to drive or urge forcefully or irresist- irresistibly. Um, it's a powerful urge, right? And so that's, 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 that's where that comes from. Are, are there things in your life that you're just compelled to do? I don't know. I walk by a, a soccer ball and what do I do? <laughs> I mean, I got to kick it. Yeah, I mean, a middle school student, same thing. But um, the, the self, uh, your cell phone goes off, right? And what do you got to do? You know, you got to look at it. I don't know. Maybe that's not you, but, you know, still, I haven't broken that habit. Um, you know, or you start a book and are you compelled to finish it? Yeah, I'm not, but you might be. Um, it's, some people, like my mom, see dust and she has to get it, you know. <laughs> Again, I missed that one too. But, you know, some of you wake up in the morning and you got to go running. Is that you? Yeah, no. But I, I go for coffee, you know, and a lot of it. Just keep going with the coffee. Um, most, of our, most of our kids aren't in this service, right? There, a lot of them are downstairs. But if they walk by the Xbox and then what do they do? They got to you know, play Fortnite, you know, and then again, and then again. So half hour, half hour, half hour. But so you're just compelled. There's things that we're compelled to do. And, and there are many motivations for why we, why we do things. Uh, you know, the, generally, I mean, there's things that motivate us like, you know, power, money, fame. Those are things that motivate people. Um, another one that is, is, is love. Love is a pretty compelling reason that motivates us to do thing and, and, and why we would do it. Uh, two weekends ago, my family and I, we drove um, to Corsica, we drove north uh, to Corsica, South Dakota, one of my um, hometown growing up. And um, because my grandmother passed away, um, she was eight, yeah, there she is. So it's a good picture though. She was 88 and uh, she died of a stroke. And, uh, and so why do we, why do we drive 10 hours north, you know, to, to go to her funeral? Well, it's because, I mean, my grandma loved me. I mean, she loved me, you know, with the kind of grace and mercy that, that was beyond anybody I know. Right. And, and I was troubled then too. And she, she, she saw through that. She just saw me and loved me and, and, and just, and I knew how special in her eyes every time, every time that she looked at me. And I was compelled, I was compelled to go to the funeral, right? And, and, you know, to be there with my grandfather, who's now, you know, alone. And, and that was just, you know, and it was, it was sad. But, but I remembered the kind of love that she had for me and, the, and, and my love for her. Then, then the weekend after that, we, um, we drove uh, 10 hours south um, to Alabama uh, because my, my wife's sister got married and I was doing the, the service, uh, the, the performed the service. And um, but that's not the only reason we went. Um, it was we went because we love Aunt Becca, right? And we were excited for her to marry Andrew and we wanted to be a part of that special day. And so we were compelled to put the family in the van and then drive another 10 hours south, you know, to do that. And in many ways, we were excited to do that. Um, not for the driving, but for, you know, for, but for being there and being a part of that special day as they start their life together, right? And so we're compelled to do that. As we will see from Scripture today, um, our motivation for missions comes from God's compelling love. That's where it comes from. And, um, and that's the title of the sermon, Compelled by Love. And um, I recently read a book um, by Ed Stetzer um, that's, that's 
that's got the title, Compelled, but Living for the Mission of God. And um, that, was, that helped me put some of my thoughts into, into words, and so I want to give credit, but it's a good book to read if you're interested in that as well. But more importantly, open your Bibles, right, um, to uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5, um, 11 through 21, um, or follow along on the screen. It'll be right there for you as well. So 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For we are beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who, might, um, those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for, him who's, uh, for, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God made his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would transform our hearts and our minds today as we look at your word. Help us to see more of our own sin, but continue to focus on our hearts on your abundant love and deep understanding of your grace. May, we be, may you be glorified today. Amen. From verse uh, 14 um, is what a lot of this comes from. Um, the, e- the ESV, it says, for Christ's love controls us. His love that, that he has for us controls us in what we do. The NIV, um, where I get the title, I suppose, is for, it says, For Christ's love compels us. Uh, the message uh, says, Christ's love has moved me. And so in that, as, as we know Christ's love, it compels, it moves, right? Um, it controls us in our lives. And we want to focus on that this morning. From that book that I read from Ed um, Stetzer, it said, Properly defining love as the activity of God instead of an emotional reaction of people can change the way we approach life. So as we're trying to understand, you know, everybody's trying to understand what is love. Yeah, if we looked at it more from, what, from God's activity, what is he about? What is he doing? Um, it would be, be better for us than to just defining it, defining it as just an emotional feeling. Um, Second Corinthians, we see how God's action, his action of rescuing people, right, a people for himself, that is his activity of love. 
Um, he is compelled to action, and his love for us compels us also into, into action as well. So the progression is, is as God is love and has shown his love through Jesus and has put Jesus in charge of the church and given the church a mission, and that mission is a, a call to love, and the mission is expressed is an expression of God's fullness in us, then the mission we have is compelled by love. And I just thought that was a neat progression. Hopefully you can see that. It starts as God is love, and it really is ending here with now we also have a mission that compels us um, by love. And so I have three observations this morning um, from, the, from this text that's related to missions. Uh, the first is Christ's love um, compels us to, sorry, first, see others differently, uh, to tell others the good news, and for us to move towards others. And um, as we'll see, we'll start with, um, Christ's love compels us to see others differently. Verse 16, it says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So in here, God's compelling love for us. He saw us from, from all of eternity, and he called us by name, right? He knew us from, from the beginning of time. And God has always seen us um, from that eternal perspective. He gave us worth, and he gave us value as he knit us together in our mother's womb. How do we, how do we see people? Do we see them that, that same way? You see, because we are all sinners in need of God's grace, we are all in the same boat, right? There's a level playing field. And we all, we all need Jesus. We all need a Savior. And this, this, helps, um, this helps us put away that, that pride that often divides us. It doesn't matter how much money we have or where you live or what your job is or what your car that you drive. We all need Jesus, and we all have the same worth to him. All humans were created by God. And we were made in his image. And that matters. We were made in the image of God. And so we are all image bearers of God himself. I'm wondering if we see people that way. I know that I don't always see people that way. I have a lot of judgment that comes with it. Honduras um, right now is in the news, right? You've seen Honduras in the news. If you watch the news at all, you've seen Honduras is in it because they have a caravan of people um, walking from there and other places, but through Mexico coming to the United States. I don't want to get into the politics because of the, you know, both, both Democrats and Republicans are using this issue um, for their own purposes, I think. But the fact that the church has a unique role, the church um, is in a different place than the government. The government has a place and has a role in things, right? But the church um, transcends that, right? Christ's love transcends that. Um, it's not seen by borders and other things. It is that we have a role to care for people who are in need, Right? And how do we do that? Well, that's not always an easy answer. I'm not up here saying that, well, this is a simple solution. There's not. It's very complicated, and, it, and it's hard. But I think it's worth the wrestle. I think it is something that the church needs to wrestle with. Um, speaking of Honduras, um, we have a college group go down there. We were supposed to go to Haiti, but some things happened in Haiti, and so we, we got diverted, and we ended up going to Honduras, and it was such a blessing. It was so good for me to go there. While we were there, we worked with um, some of the kids on the street, and um, we, we, bought, we brought food for them, and we went to go find um, kids. And um, it was not an easy experience, 
Um, we, we saw kids that were abandoned by their, by their parents and who couldn't take care of them. Um, really that they were desperate to survive. Uh, we walked downtown and, and we saw, um, here's two of the kids that we met, um, Evan and, and Anna. And, uh, and you'll see with, um, with Evan that he still has his little Coke bottle, plastic Coke bottle that has industrial glue in it and he's, and he's high. Um, he's, uh, they tend to do uh, this industrial glue for, um, they're hungry. And one of the things that they, they do is they use that to avoid the hunger pains and also the pains of life, right? They're on the street and it's a hard, hard life um, that they're living. And this is an escape, a temporary relief from that. Um, and it was hard as we, as we approached them um, because they're, 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 they're high. It's hard to talk to them. It's hard to communicate. Um, and they, they smell. I mean, it was, you know, a strong, a strong stench as you get close to them. Um, they're not showering and taking care of themselves because, you know, they're in a hard situation. And, uh, but as I moved closer to them, these two in particular, um, my heart started to see, to see them differently, right? I saw them as, as human. I saw them as, as children. I saw them like my own children. And, um, and I really wanted to, to, to rescue them. This is Michelle after, she's, after she gave Anna some, some food and after Anna was, in a sense, off the glue for a little while, she, she, life came back into her eyes. And it was really amazing to just watch her come back to life and to be cared for as a, as a person and as a human, given her dignity, given her care. Um, and that was, it was, I, it was good for me. I wanted to just take her um, and take El, Evan and, 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 and rescue them. And that's exactly what Jesus did for me, right? At the time that I was covered in the, the stench of sin, right? God rescued me, cared for me, brought me to himself and, um, and, and cared for me and, uh, and saved me. And so for us, the, the question is, how, how do we see people? Uh, we have a lot of opportunity with a lot of people. Um, at Green Tree, we had, um, in our parking lot, we had, what, you know, like 2,000 people on Thursday night in our parking lot. Um, it, was a, it was a really good night. We had uh, the most ever, I think, baked goods. Um, you're probably still munching on those, maybe even this morning. Uh, we had just um, tons of volunteers. A lot of people served hot dogs and, and helped out with the games. And it was, it was, really, it was really, really a good time. Um, I'm not sure why Jen Allen insists on having a dunk tank in October. Um, just saying, uh, my hands are still thawing out, but, but, but we had, but we had, we really did. We really had a good time. There is a mission behind this though, right? We don't just do it because it's a party. Although a party is a good reason. We do like to live it up. Um, that's part of, you know, what we do. Uh, heaven is going to be a big party. So that's part of it. But there's also, um, more than that. It's, um, that we want others to know and experience the love of Christ, right? And so how do you see people? How do you see all those people that came dressed in their, in their masks and their costumes? A lot of people, we continue to wear those masks and those costumes, right? A lot of people are. And yet behind those masks and those costumes, there's a lot of lives that are hurting. There's a lot of lives that, that, that need to be cared for. They need to be seen past those masks and those costumes, you know, for who they are. And there's a lot of them that, that need Jesus, right? That, that they need um, to, to know the love of Christ. The love that Christ has for you and me should compel us to see others as, as Jesus sees them. I don't always see them the way that Jesus does, but that's my prayer. My prayer is that I would see others as Jesus does. And that's my prayer for us as Green Tree, that we would see people that way. 
So who does God have in your life right now that you need to see from that kind of eternal perspective? You know, who, who is it that is in your life that, that needs to be seen um, like Jesus sees them? Uh, because of that compelling love, I mean, who, who is it that you see? Because some of you see homeless people, um, uh, like, and, and Catherine Shaw with opening up the Women's Center in the next few weeks. It's pretty amazing what's going on there, and you can get involved with her. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, hope, there's a lot of children in our neighborhood that, that are looking t- for tutors. Hope Unlimited is looking for tutors That's, that would, for children to, to come in and to care for them. Maybe you see um, high school and middle school students, right? I see them. That's, that's, that's where God initially started with me and just seeing students. But um, there's still a great need. We need, need for volunteers to help out here at Green Tree, also with Young Life and K-Life. There's a lot of need in our community to care for students. They're, they need to be seen, to be welcomed, to be known, right? Or widows and orphans. James 1 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, right? So maybe you see them. So who is it that you see, and can, can God continue to change the way that we see them, to see them differently? So not only does God's love compel us to see people differently, but... His love compels us to tell them the good news, right? The fear, verse 11 says, Therefore, the fear of the Lord, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Christ's compelling love makes us a new creation. And as we fear the Lord, the old, the old life passes away. We once were enemies with God, right? You remember that? We were once enemies with him, and now we have been reconciled to him. And of course, we'd want to tell others about that, Right? Of course, that would be the next, the next thing in our, in our hearts that, that we wanted to tell others about that amazing news. We've been given a new mission in life. You're now called an ambassador, right? An ambassador of the king of the universe. I wouldn't mind, how cool would it be to be like an ambassador of the United States? I mean, that would be fun. You know, that'd be like a cool job. But even more than that, you get to be an ambassador, a spokesperson for the king, the creator of the world. And that is what mission that he has given us. It says in verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. He's making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. God's, that's what God's doing. He's making his appeal through us to others. We are his representatives. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ as his ambassadors. So what's the gospel? What is it that we're sharing? Uh, it's summed up for me from Jack Miller who says here, cheer up. You're worse off than you think you are. <laughs> right? Just leave it there, right? <laughs> cheer up. You're worse off than you think you are. That's kind of the level playing field part. But in Jesus, you are far more loved than you ever could have imagined. Our sin made us enemies with God. And because of Jesus' payment on the cross, he made reconciliation with God possible for you and for me. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Have you been reconciled to God? Are you a new creation? Have you put your faith in him? And if so, then we are compelled um, to, uh, to, to share uh, the saving love of Jesus to other people. You have the love of Christ in you, and that love now controls you. It changes us from being inward-focused to being outward-focused you know, to seeing others and then to, to sharing with others. You guys probably have heard of Eugene Peterson. 
um, who was probably best known for his translation of the Bible called The Message. Um, he died on Monday, but he was one of the biggest ambassadors of the gospel. He wanted others to know the good news. He's, his translation um, has helped me and students um, study God's word and, and hear it in a, in a language that they can understand. And it's been powerful. In the last few verses of this text, he says this. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. How, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. I just love the way that he articulates scripture and the way that he helps me understand it. And it's so powerful. Who are you praying for that needs to hear this message? Do you have people in mind, people that you're praying for uh, that, that you could share the gospel with? When's the last time that you had a chance to share the gospel? It is super hard. I'll say that. It's, I mean, I sit at a lot of soccer games, you know, I don't know if you get that, do that as well, but there's a lot of parents I'm sitting next to and talking with, and it's hard to just bring it up, right? Um, so I get it. It's, it's hard. Or to strike up a spiritual conversation with your neighbors, that can be hard as well, right? Just, you know, standing in, in, in your lawn next door talking to them. But um, it's maybe a little bit easier now for me since, um, since, the dog, since the neighborhood brings their dogs over to our, neighbor, uh, to our yard. And so um, they're, they're all coming over to meet Truman and hang out. So there's Truman. And, uh, and I don't know that it's, it's been kind of fun. We just have this little dog park. And, um, and they were standing around talking, and it's been really good. But while we're talking, I had a chance to invite one of them to Harvest Party. And it was just, it was pretty natural and easy to do and a good first step in, in doing that. And so, um, but I am convinced that we need to be bold and to, to speak up, uh, to share the gospel. And as I used to tell my kids when they were younger, you know, use your words. Um, I think it's like this whole thing like, well, I'm just showing my love of Christ by my actions. That's good. We need to do that. I think we've gone the other way. I think we actually need to use our words more. Um, it would be good to use our words and um, to tell others of the gospel. So do you, do you personally know Jesus? If not, there are many people here who would love to tell you the good news of Jesus Christ. To just say, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if you put your faith in Jesus, let's remember how much he loves us. To sit there and, and think about that. To know his love. What he's done for you. And then maybe to tell someone else. And maybe to tell a lot of someone, right, to, to keep on telling people. So not only does God's love compel us to see people differently and to tell them the good news, but God's love compels us to move towards people. Verse 18 says, all this is from God, through, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us that ministry. That's what he has given to us. He gave us a ministry. We all have it. It's not just pastors who have a ministry, right? We all have a ministry. And that is the same ministry, the same mission as Jesus. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we now participate um, in people being reconciled to God. Um, we have a new mission. Verse 15 says that those who live might no longer live for themselves, right? So that we can help um, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised. 
we now, we have to know our neighbors. We have to know our neighbors. Um, and as we get to know them, we get to know their needs so that we can help meet those needs. We used to just live for ourselves, but now we have a new mission to live for Christ and to, and to work with him to build his kingdom. Isn't that kind of cool to help build a kingdom? Uh, it reminds me of uh, my kids and I um, this last summer going to the beach. We, we like to build these epic sandcastles. Um, I can't just sit on the beach. I have to do something. And so we build the, the, the biggest mound of sand that you can, right? And then we dig the deepest hole that we can. And then we start carving out an epic kingdom. And then we try and take up as much beach real estate as we can to keep everybody away from our spot. Um, but inevitably, what happens? Some kids come walking over, you know, what you doing? <laughs> and, and, you know, they're standing there and, uh, you know, it's, I'm tempted to just let them watch. But, but, you know, then I remember what we're doing, you know, building a sandcastle. <laughs> yeah, do you want to help? So then we invite them in. And um, I'm afraid they're going to mess up my, you know, my, my kingdom. But, <laughs> but anyway, I barely let my own kids, you know, in on it. But then, but then we start, you know, we start more and more. And then they invite their, their friends, right? And so then they come over and then they have more people. And then they, then they get their parents and they're like, hey, you need to see what we're doing. And then they get their parents and they come over and watch. And then as people walk by, you know, they're like taking credit for, anyway. They're like, you know, but talking, <laughs> talking to, you know, everybody that's walking by. And they are so excited about what's going on and being, being a part of it, right? Participating in it. And then they're getting other people to participate in it. And I don't know. It's just kind of how I see God doing what he's doing. He's building his kingdom. And, you know, and I always think that we're going to mess it up. But you know what? He's right behind us doing what he wants to do, making it happen. You know, the same way that I'm behind some of those kids, right? You know, why don't you work over there? No, um, (laughs) they need you. Anyway, um, (laughs) but, um, but really, are we, are we, are we as a community known for, um, for living for something other than ourselves, right? And uh, Paul opens up 1 Corinthians saying, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Verse 14 from the message says, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. Where has he moved you to such extremes? How does Green Tree continue to move towards people? I'm not sure if you had a chance yet to look in your bulletins, but there's, a, there's an insert in there, and it's just um, highlighting um, what is going on in, in missions. And there are so many places that for you to, to get involved, for some of us for, to celebrate what's get, going on, but, um, but, but really uh, to look at it, I mean, you know, um, there's still time to sign up for Homes of Hope. Join us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, and sign up and, and start. Well, how are we supposed to do that, Ron? We're supposed to... But sign up before that, right? So that helps us know who's going. Um, but Kirk Care needs donations. Talk to Chip about Battle uh, for the Heart. Care Portal has always got so many needs in it. Um, but come and, and, and come out to the table and talk to Nancy and the team about different ways that you can get plugged in at what's going on. So in conclusion, are you compelled by God's love? Does God's love show up in your life? And, and really to what end? Our life is short, especially compared to all of eternity, Right. So are we being transformed by the compelling love of Christ in a way that changes the way that we see people, that drives us to tell people the good news, and that really moves us that, that we would go towards others and with the care and the love of God? I have mentioned the Michael Project from Honduras already. Um, Michael Miller spoke not too long ago here at Green Tree. 
And I've only known Michael for um, really a few years. Um, but, and I don't know a lot about his story, but I do know that he loves God and that um, af- after college, he took a trip to Honduras and saw some of the children on the streets and was compelled to, to care for them and to help them. He told them the gospel and he moved towards them. In fact, he actually right, moved to Honduras. He earned their trust and eventually started the Micah Project, rescuing children off the street and setting them free from addiction and from the bondage of extreme poverty. You don't have to move all the way to Honduras to see people the, the way that God sees them. Right? But those who have been wrecked by the gospel become those who help restore lives in the gospel. Are you transformed in the gospel? Will you be compelled by God's love to love others the way that he has loved you? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your compelling love. I pray that you would help us to, to sit in that, to know it, but Father, for it to transform the way we move into action, the way that we move towards people, the way that we see people differently. God, I thank you for the way that, that you are at work here at Green Tree. Um, I pray that you would continue just to give us your vision for the world. In your name we pray. Amen.